welcome back to another episode of Two Saved Queens. You're still stuck at home, and the world is still trying us, but we're still here. Hey, Miss Devereaux. Hey, Miss Malachi. What's the tea, ho? You know, I'm a... I'm going to be honest, uh, I feel a little so-so <laughs> this week. Uh, I was really excited for the episode uh, we were going to do. We had originally planned. Um, I've been prepping for it. I was ready for it. But there's been so much news going on this week. It just kind of took over. Um, so I'm happy to be here with you and our listeners to kind of get it off my chest because this week has been a lot. Oh, yeah. There's definitely a lot going on in the news. And I mean, I feel like in my own life because... I think one of my local female friends, I think she's got the Rona. Oh, um, no. Yeah, I think so. I think she's got the Rona. And it's snowing here in Detroit. I think it's going to snow all through the Midwest and the uh, in the East Coast in May, bitch. <laughs> it's snowing in May. <laughs> does it not normally it snow? It does not normally Around snow this? in May. I don't know. I mean, it, girl, it feels like the end times. I don't know. What the hell is going <laughs> on? Earth, she really is. She's done. coming She's like, for I'm going to give y'all virus. I'm going to give y'all disease. I'm going to give y'all sickness. You got to get right. You got to get saved, though. That's why you got to be safe, <laughs> sanctified, and filled. Oh, man. You know. But wait, going back to your girlfriend, is she... Is she is she gonna be okay like how i think so it? because her symptoms are very mild right now but okay i'm not gonna lie i think she let somebody in her house so you know oh well yes. we don't i don't know for oh, sure God. but <laughs> i don't know for sure but oh. i think she's gonna be okay i really do that's good well, yeah we're gonna pray for her we'll, we'll pray, pray for her um the thing i i also want to add real quick uh because i know in california i think philly you actually reminded me of that i've just been staying inside i'm not playing those games but I know we now have testing for anyone who wants it. Is are they doing that in Michigan or in Detroit? Yeah, you know we've had that for a while. We had the okay. we were one of the first cities to get the fifteen minute rapid test. Um, oh, yeah, wow. so we had drive through testing. We got that early. We girl, we got a white mayor, and okay, <laughs> he's not, he's not playing, playing those, games. those games. You know, he's not playing. No, I'm, I I don't want to blame it. I mean, or not blame. I don't want to give him all the credit, but. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, we, you know, they're not playing the games of testing in Detroit. Testing has been pretty okay. plentiful here relative to maybe some other places. Oh, that's really yeah. good. Well, um, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, though. I just feel like, you know, I'm trying to to work. I'm trying to get these recordings done and have a good time. <laughs> and I'm trying to help older and sick people and survive at the same time. But, you know, and yet I'm abundantly blessed. I really am. I really am. Come on, abundantly, abundantly blessed. So oh, abundantly, <laughs> live in abundance. Well, let me bring you down to earth. Bitch. Okay. Did you hear about those white queens in New York who threw that party earlier this week and had the nerve to post about it on Instagram? <laughs> and that uh, that that leads us into good news, bad news. For those of you who don't know what white queens, uh, what white queens, I'm basically saying white gay men. <laughs> yeah, white queens, white gay men. Yeah, um, we we had, like I said at the uh, top of the show, we had a cute topic for this week, but the news just would not take its foot off our neck. Uh, there's been so much going on, so this episode is actually gonna be all news, good news, bad news, and a bit of tragic news. But we'll be back to our normal service next Wednesday. So to start it off, uh, yeah, there was a rave that happened in New York City, a bunch of white queens, as I said with a complete DJ who was wearing a face shield around his neck. Like, that's really going to be useful. <laughs> right, um, right. <laughs> And the girls were just getting their lives, you know, playing some good EDM music that was originally made by Black people. And um, 
Yeah, just doing their thing. Just doing their <laughs> thing, honey. And they, but they all said they had the Rona already, so it was okay, right? Right. Because right. you and can't catch of, it again, right? You can't you catch can't it catch again, it. or we don't. You know, they say they they must know more than the scientists do. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, you know. Well, one of them was dating a registered nurse or RN, so of course. See, I thought one of them was a nurse, and one of them was dating a registered nurse. Oh, okay. See, that's so confusing, too. I... It was some messy shit, whatever it was. It was some messy <laughs> shit. Like, those girls should not have posted that. Because, you know, I feel like, you know, we might know a girl in New York who might have had a little get-together. And we, you, you know, know, she wasn't it posting was small, on... Four to she five was, people at most. She wasn't posting on Instagram, though, was sure she, wasn't. girl? She wasn't. She kept so. those stories silent. Those stories yeah. were just about her wishing she was at somewhere warmer. <laughs> right. <laughs> she was smart, though. See, that's a smart hoe right there. That's a smart dumb hoe. <laughs> i know. mean i just was like those guys are just so bold like and then we're not just talking about one or two videos in their story like 20 20 videos in their story like they were like no let me show y'all my whole evening of how i spent <laughs> right. it and i love that the dj was like um he was like you know i was just uh money was tight like i was just trying to do it for the money um, you know, a lot of gigs got canceled. Yeah, bitch, we know. We Everybody's know. Gigs got canceled. Everybody's gigs got canceled. The freelance girls are hurting. Oh. Yeah, but I just, I, you know, we just did read about in New York City, the girls, it's the unemployment is taking a while. So I can't hate on the DJ girl. She had to do what she had to do, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I mean, it's all joking aside. Like, it is, you know, the people are unemployed. Like, my, um, you know, I got some family going through it right now. And it's just, so frustrating to see how all the states are kind of tackling things differently but at the same time like some people are like some people are getting it and some people aren't and it just feels like yeah it's 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 still hard out there so i get that but miss dj you still could have worn a mask like yeah she could have worn a mask she could have worn a mask yeah (laughs) at least at least she was probably friends with them low-key though you know i mean yeah you know a friend friend that might kill you but you know whatever (laughs) oh no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh girl um, you messy but but, <laughs> but let me bring us back up let me bring us back up so i got some good news okay you ready for this yeah Trump i'm ready and pants are going out without bass <laughs> that's, that's not that's terrible <laughs> this is good news bitch this is good news. <laughs> don't pretend like this isn't good news child if if miss rhoda does one thing if she just takes some i mean she's already taken out some of their voters oh this is awful <laughs> yeah, yeah but i mean if she can do her real job if she can know, do her real job her like, real Mother nature, job we ain't do this to you like really it was them like they because i thought she said it was a hoax miss donald miss djt she said it was a oh, hoax yeah. right oh yeah just a democratic so, hoax just it's a democratic, democratic hoax. hoax yeah mm-hmm. so <laughs> so yeah there's um I mean, I know there was something you had sent me about Pence going to visit a hospital, right? Without a mask. Was yes. It a hospital? He like went a to the Mayo, the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota, which is like, you know, one of the world's most famous research hospitals. And he went there without a mask, even though they sent his office a directive saying all your staff members, all the press who travel with you all have to wear a mask. And he didn't wear one. And is it like, do you think someone on their staff was just like, 
Or did he already tell his staff, like, I'm not doing that. I'm not, you know, I'm no punk ass bitch. Like, I don't care. Or do you think he just forgot? Like, I'm just like, how do you? He didn't forget. It was very intentional. A hospital. Miss, Miss, Miss uh, Mike Pence, she said she wanted people to see her face, you know, when she went and greeted them. Oh, because we don't know what the vice president looks like unless he's exactly. full face. Exactly. Got it, got it, got it. He was probably serving full face, too, a full face of makeup. So he wanted the girls to see his <laughs> Show face. Show it off. You know, be Show camera it off. ready. Camera Ex- ready. Camera ready, yo. Camera ready. And then Mr. Trump. I mean, but it sounds like it's also just the people around them also aren't wearing masks. So it's like... Y'all really not trying to even even your the people who work for you not even trying to keep y'all safe. Like what happened with one of Trump's um, valets or something? Well, I guess they get tested almost every. They were being tested weekly. Now they're being tested every day. I've heard, but mm. one of his valets, who I guess is actually a member of the Navy, uh, and they usually do a lot of personal tasks and a personal errands for the first family, including serving them food. Well, one of the valets from Miss DJT Donald J Trump tested positive for the Rona. Oh my goodness. That oh my is goodness. So crazy. Right? How did that happen? <laughs> right. And I guess and I guess the valet wasn't wearing a mask cuz that's just not what they do there, right? So um so of course Miss DJT she had to get another test. <laughs> and and she getting, then, she getting more tested than the rest of us Americans. Some of yes. us still can't, you know, this part of the country that still can't get tested. Exactly. Because in Detroit, I'm I'm going to say it's not that hard to get a test in Detroit, but I know in other places it's a challenge. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think, you know. I, I think, think LA, I think, I think LA is starting to have universal testing now too. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. They sent a, um, they sent a message, text message about it. So, but you know, she wasn't easy in LA for a while. It was hard to get a test in LA for a little while. I heard. Yeah. That's why I stayed my ass right inside. And then, um, but now one of, one of, uh, Miss Mike Pence, one of her staff members just tested positive mm-hmm. on today. We're recording it, recording this on Friday, May the 8th. Uh, oh, my right. dad's birthday. Rest in peace. Oh my goodness, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. But um yeah, so one of his staff members just tested positive too. So of course Miss Mike Pence she has to get tested again. And I believe she was traveling to Iowa today. So oh, wow. you know, oh wow. Oh, what well, wow. they doing? They're doing it, you know. She was doing what they do. She was meeting with a bunch of evangelical pastors too, so Oh, well, you know, they, they think they got the armor of God. They do, honey. They be, all right. But the Rona took a few, right. the Rona took, took a lot of them out, you know, yeah. across the country. I still remember, well, we still remember that black evangelical. Was he evangelical? He is pastor? evangelical. He was in Virginia, well, I believe. Well, it was, right? Because he got taken yeah, out he, fully, Yeah, right? he did. He's out of R.I.P. He's gone. Yeah, and that, then, yeah, but to be fair, he was doing, um, you know, I'm being shady, but he was doing uh, services, I mean, he was doing services, well into uh, March, well, well past when he should have. But he said mm-hmm. God got him, you know. So and and God and, and God, God, God got him. God came down and got him. Took him right up out of here. He sure did. <laughs> so it uh, so actual, well, you know, the uh, that. That's still good news for some of us, but in good news, truly good news for the spirit and the soul with so much going on this week, I had to talk about the Pulse Surprise and um, um, one of its recipients being Nicole Hannah-Jones, a New York Times contributor and columnist and writer. She I, she first came on my radar uh, when she wrote about school segregation in New York and kind of from this perspective of her raising her own daughter and it was just so interesting, like just connecting back to like Brown v versus the Board of Education, and just the ways in which both with gentrification, oh, not just but like redlining things like that. That like 
school like we're still segregated and we some of us already kind of know that in some ways whether you look at you know cities like Mr. Deborah and I I live in like LA and Detroit and of course New York but just looking at it from the school systems and the ways in which white um, parents and families just don't make sure that their children only end up in certain areas and how that perpetuates the segregation so it's a really good um, piece that you can still find but really what she was nominated for this poster was this project called the 1619 Project which was started um, what was a special New York Times issue and August of 2019 that it came out and um, it was in some ways both celebrating and also kind of paying tribute um, because as we know with things that were happening was it Ghana, Ghana, who was having the like oh the year of the return, home. yeah, that was Ghana. Yeah, the return. So yeah, Ghana. so it was celebrating the 400 years since um, black people are um, Africans were first brought to the U.S. as slaves. But that project was kind of doing a lot of work of like saying, you know, one kind of rethinking the way the story and the American myth we tell ourselves, and the fact that like we you know kind of focus on 1776, but thinking more about 1619 as this really pivotal moment in the history of our country, and also just thinking about the ways in which which um, African-Americans are in some ways the true core of, you know, pushing America to live up to its ideals and how we are so invaluable and built into the infrastructure and the foundation of how this country was built and made. So right now you can go to the New York Times website or go to the 1619 Project website. There's podcasts. It started off as a special issue, but they're now building it out this long-term project because there's just so much um, you know, attention around it. So they now have podcasts and it's the actual special um, <clears throat> issue had essays from different black writers and authors and poets and historians. Um, and it recently just came back in stock. I've been trying to get it around December and she sold out um, because they've also been pushing it to schools and different places to kind of tell a different story that we don't really tell ourselves. I think we, um, most of us know, or some of us know, that we don't really talk about slavery very often. Right, it's a right. shameful thing for a lot of people to talk about because it was some bullshit. Uh, and we still haven't reconciled with that. Where are my, where is my acre and a mule? Where are my reparations? Right. But let me get off, not get off subject. <clears throat> well, 1619, so just, 1619 was the first year that slaves landed in the American colonies, right? With Jamestown? Yeah, it's a white lion, white lion ship that they landed. So that was 400 years ago. Wow. And you know, it's so interesting about um, about you know the um, Miss Nicole Hannah Jones because she uses the name Ida Bay Wells on Twitter. Ida Bay. Actually, I think she did fully use Ida B Wells, but then people literally were then like, of course, you know, the the conservative hating as you know oh. white trolls would go up in and be like literally call her Ida because of course they don't know who Ida B. Wells is. Right, so I think she right. kind of changed it to Ida Bay Wells to be like, no, I'm literally not Ida B. Wells. <laughs> like, but what's funny, they, what's funny is that Ida B. Wells was awarded a Pulitzer Prize also yes, posthumously yes, this year. So yes. it just, it was divine alignment, it, you know, divine intervention really, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and there's great interviews where Nicole talks about how in um, Ida B. Wells is just this fantastic investigative journalist like she was one of the few not only black people but a black woman doing work at that time to literally figure out like what was happening to our communities like going to places where people were getting lynched and really asking questions and also kind of telling you know giving a perspective where i think there were some moneyed black people at the time who were feeling like oh the people were getting lynched they had whistled at a white woman they had done too much and to show that actually it was more about the fact that those people who were getting lynched were kind of wanting to be, you know, white people were doing that, wanted to cut them down, wanted to put them in their place. Like it was actually people sometimes with money who were being lynched because yes. you're getting too big for your britches. Southern business owners, um, a lot of a lot of 
people I know, their grandparents own businesses in places like Texas and Oklahoma and Alabama. And yeah, and they got lynched or their businesses burned down by by white people in the South. And, you know, as early, as late as the early 20th century. And that's what got them flee, uh, fleeing to Detroit and Chicago and different northern cities because their businesses, their livelihoods were just destroyed by jealous white people at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah. You know? um, so it, it's a really great project. And speaking of jealous white people, there's a lot of noise about it. There's a counter project called 7076. There's, especially the week that it was awarded the poster, there's all these essays from mostly white male historians trying to come at the project and say it's fake news and all this bullshit. Because basically they weren't included. Like, it just feels like it's coming from a place of arrogance that they're like, oh, how dare you not want my inclusion because we don't care. We about don't what care you about. We want to yeah. tell our own stories about our people. Exactly. Exactly. So definitely um, check it out. There's. Um, it's now the special issue is now back in stock. So go buy it. Also, we got to support. You know, Miss New York Times is, is a whole other topic about she's got her problematic areas. She does. Her editor. She does. But in this with case, with their black editor, is still problematic. Their, sorry, their black editor, black executive who's editor. married to a. You know, let me stop. Oh, um, girl, you gonna go there? You gonna go there? <laughs> no, I'm trying to. You, I know. No, we're gonna be focused. Yeah, we, let's we be gonna focused. Be saved. Gonna, <laughs> but I will say before we get on to the next Pulitzer Prize set of our set of Pulitzer Prize winners. I do want to acknowledge Miss Don Lemon. She had a video out this week. She she talked oh, about white jealousy and Miss Donald J. Trump, Miss DJT, uh is compared with, you know, President Barack Obama. And that is a great video mm-hmm. online. Watch that. Oh, she lays Miss mm-hmm. Donald J. Trump out. Lays her out. D- Don's been going some good work. He's she been, has. He's been doing some good work. She really has. He's come, he's come away. Last few uh, years. Your last few years. From um talking about um when that woman was getting raped that she should have just bit um, that person's penis off. But anyway, oh, wow. um, going to the other Pulitzer Prize winners, we got to talk about Mr. Mr. Jericho Brown, who's an Emory professor. Kind of quite handsome, if I do say so myself. Um, he won in poetry. I'm not a poetic kind of girl. It's more about those um, pros, but still power to that. Love that. And let's talk yeah, about that's awesome. Mr. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, and we also talk about Mr. Michael R. Jackson, a.k.a. The Living MJ on Twitter, yes. um, who won for um, his play Strange Loop, which is such is such a cool conceit. It's basically about a black gay playwright writing, wanting to write a story about a black gay playwright that's being um, that's being encouraged, encouraged to write something more mainstream or more profitable, like both from his manager and his mother, basically to write something Tyler Perry esque, um, but wanting to write something deeper. So it's like a play within a play about the writer's experience. Um, so, and Miss Malachi, yeah. can you tell the girls what a conceit is, just so we all know? Uh, a conceit. A conceit. Uh- <laughs> I mean, we're not all I'll, we're not all like writers, you know. Are you gonna call me up? Because I'm like, do I need to? He was. How do I describe like, a conceit? Like basically the um, the framework, I guess, like the framework um, for the thing he was writing. Got it. Like, yeah, got, it. got it. Got yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, well, you about to send me to Marion Webster right now? <laughs> well, no, I actually, um, you know, I actually have a Miss Michael R. Jackson. She's from Detroit, and I actually have a lot of mutual friends with her, you know. And she and I actually go back and forth on line all the time on each other's you know facebook's and twitter's and i i never even knew what her profession was so that's so funny because yeah yeah, it's it's awesome she won a pulitzer prize i'm so proud of her but you know um a number of my friends i think she's a couple years older than me 
and a number of my friends, you know, went to grade school with her. Even people I went to high school with went to grade school oh, with wow. her. So it's really, you know, I definitely would love to um, chat with her. I love the the whole idea for her production, for her plays. Amazing. Like, it's, yeah. it's so relevant probably to another episode that we're going to do coming up. So... Yeah, I... Uh... Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, I, it, this Broadway is going through it, so definitely this is a time if you got a little bit of extra coins to throw their way. And I think actually he's posted about certain initiatives and artists, um, groups or collectives that are like supporting performers and writers. Um, because yeah, no one no one's seen any Broadway plays right now. Right, um, right. But I'm hoping off the back of this, whenever we can go outside and play again, that we could go and check this out. I think that'd be really great. Like I'm hoping they do another. Um, they revisit it um, yeah i would love to go see it in person you know uh, whenever we can get out the house you know <laughs> yeah uh and before we move on conceit um is a fanciful expression in writing or speech an elaborate metaphor okay so. in that okay got it got it <laughs> oh my goodness uh so moving right along it's just funny because that's a term i only ever hear writers use you know really yeah, like i was watching black af and they were talking about the conceit and you know i i really hadn't heard that term used before to talk about oh. a oh. Uh, a movie or a show or a production yeah i never heard black, that term black af um black or uh, black as fuck being that new netflix show exactly um, that kenya bears um the mockumentary style show that came Barris. Yes, which we will talk about at another time. Which we, um, I never know thought about that. I I can't think of when I started. Anyway, we're getting off subject. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but that's, that's interesting. Um, so in uh, I'm gonna say mixed news, Mr. Biden, Mr. Joe Biden, Uncle Joe, Uncle Joe, <laughs> and um, allegations from Tara Reid that. He was inappropriate with her um, and her going so far as to urge him to drop out. These are allegations that started, well, they've actually been circulating for a bit. They really were starting to pick up steam, I think, like a couple weeks ago, even last week. And now they really have come to the forefront um, with her and her uh, sit down that I don't think the full thing has aired yet, but sit down with none other than our good, well, not our good friend, none other <laughs> than that girl, Megan Kelly. Not a good friend. Not a good friend. Not, not, Nazi uh, Barbie, Megan Kelly. Uh, <laughs> Miss Fox News white supremacist Megan Kelly. Miss I wore blackface for Halloween and got fired from my so-so NBC show for talking about it. Megan Kelly. And I don't think she, I don't know if she wore blackface, but she was defending blackface. Like there was nothing she, wrong with she, it. She. I think I went back and recently read it, and me, I got it wrong. So if I did, feel free to write in. But I think she was saying that like, oh, there's just something like. like we used to do when we were younger. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Like, right. That was the way she was defending it. That's the way she was coming from. So it's so funny. So just so we're on the same page, Tara Reid was a staffer for Senator Joe Biden when he was in the U.S. Senate um, in 1993. She was the director of interns. Um, and she alleged that first she alleged some harassment and then she alleged sexual assault. Um, which her story seems to have evolved over time to include sexual assault because that was never in any of her public allegations. Although she says that there are relatives and friends who can corroborate her story about sexual assault, basically saying that Joe Biden essentially, you know, put his hands up her skirt. Um, now a a few issues, you know, here, uh, is one, her evolving story two the lawyers that she hired, um, one of whom is a major Trump donor. Uh, the other, yes, yeah, yeah, that's one of her lawyers. The other is a, uh, he actually represented a Russian, 
um, propaganda agency here in the United States. Um, you said she she had tweeted about how much she loves Russia, and she and yeah, and at some point, you know, she tweeted about how much she loves Russia, and so I think there's some mental instability. I just uh, I think there may be some mental instability there, but I don't think it totally. So, you know, so I'm gonna pause it. I'm gonna jump in there because I will say, you know. I very much believe all women. Um, and I think, and not to say that like you don't, um, I think you are, you know, fairly so because people are doing it, you know, showing where there are flaws and where there are some things that aren't completely reconciling. But honestly, you know, I do generally go by the, um, I believe there, I, I, I will believe all women. Right. But I also think that, uh, and we also know Uncle Joe has a history yes. of treating women terribly. Um, no and touching, um, touching somewhat, a, you know, gratuitously. Inappropriate touching, yes. not like up and like you are a full, is he in his 70s? He's 70s? deep in his 70s, but you know. Deep in his, deep 70s, in his 70s and still surprised that like, oh, I didn't know I should be so familiar with women. But um, you know, the thing is, I will say in her, um, I actually believe elements of her story, part of it. I do. I just, you know, at this point, we also have a president who's been accused between 15 and 25 times i can never get the number right of sexual assault or sex you know so it's either you choose this white man with one allegation or this current nazi fascist white man with you know 15 to 25 allegations so i think that's where the conversation has been going is like you know and with her speaking and i'm another like thing I'm, i look at side eyes at is like girl you sat down with megan kelly like exactly all out of all i mean i would even sit down with um christopher wallace like i would take christopher wallace over me like megan kelly though i think she had megan a C- I think she had a cbs interview lined I get up it. i get it she's a woman so maybe you want to sit down with them but there, come on I, no no don't sit down with laura ingram i was about to be like sit down with laura ingram no oh no no no, no, no laura ingram yet <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but but for but that that putting that aside, I think you know now that she's kind of making this case that to, for him to drop out, and that's been the thing that people have been saying is like, oh, is this enough for like Trump? You know, Trump for Biden to drop <laughs> for Biden to drop out, and I'm like, well, it wasn't enough for um, Trump to resign. Uh, but you know, I definitely think it's also something that like our lovely Bernie Bros are trying to grab onto as yes, definitely. For Some of them Bernie still are. Back. Some of them, his former staffers, Brianna Joy Gray mm-hmm. among them. I think David Sirota. I think there's a... And what do you think? What do you think, girl? Do you think you need to be worried about good old Uncle Joe? You know, I don't. Because I think as a white man, he's not under the same scrutiny as Hillary Clinton was in 2016. I just think, you know, I think things are going to pass over him to some degree like they do Trump. Not to the same degree, but I, I'm not worried about these because they've already done polling on this. And some people even believe her to some degree and still don't care, plan to vote for him. And I'm one of them. Just, so Yeah, we're just going to have another sexual you know, assault president. I so. mean, yeah, and it's not, it's still alleged. It's still alleged. So Sorry, allegedly. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm voting well, I'm, I'm voting for him. You know, I, I it's, it's definitely, it's not great, but... You know, the sure choices, isn't. we have to make moral choices just like the Republicans did in 2016 when they looked over, you know, Trump bragging about so- sexual assault on camera or on audio and they still voted <laughs> for it. audio. So, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, like this, we're at war. Like, it's war. Not only with Miss Rona, but we are at war. Uh, I think we're at war. For, and then someone's just like. I think coming out of this, like our, our soul is already damaged. So. Yes. But we're at war and um, I don't love it. And you, I would no. love for Bernie to get another chance, but I don't think 
that's where we're going. Listen, you're not voting for Biden. You're voting for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right? You're voting for the Supreme Court. You're voting for the agencies. You're voting for those kids in cages. You're voting for the black people who died, you know, from the Rona that could have been halted or stopped or kind of mitigated in the United States. You're voting for, you know, people who can't get their unemployment benefits right now. You're voting for all those other reasons. You're not just voting for Joe Biden. So you have to consider that. Yeah, we'll leave that there. Uh, I'm sure this will come up again as we um, maybe have an election. Depends on where the world <laughs> right, is exactly. month or two. Uh, we'll take it day by day, week by week. So in uh, one of your good news, girl, I think is about a certain weatherman. Yes, I think looks in Minnesota. And it's weird. It's so funny because we're putting this under good news. But a gay weatherman out of Minnesota, his name is Fen. A gay white a gay white, white weatherman. weatherman, yeah, that is important. His name is Sven Sundgaard. Um, he was actually That's fired for calling anti-quarantine pro- protesters there in Minnesota. Or re- actually, I think he just retweeted or reposted this I from Facebook. But white nationalist, Nazi sympathizer, gun fetishist, miscreant. So let me say that one more time again. <laughs> that sounds just like me. White nationalist. <laughs> Nazi sympathizer, gun fetishist, miscreant. Um, now, the fact that this is a white queen who reposted this, though, that's what really impresses me, you know. Um, so we got to give her a salute for that. She she was able to, you know, she did take it down pretty quickly after she got some complaints, but it's okay. She put it up yeah, to begin yeah, with, and she happened. lost her job, you know. Lost she lost her job. her job. So was it good news that she got fired? Well, it wasn't good news for her, but she stood up in her truth. You know, and I think she's. I think these are the type. This is what we need white people to do. Is like at the end of the day, she's gonna be okay. She is. Like she had a cute little photo on a cliffside overlooking a beach, being like, "I will be okay. I am looking at my options." So she's probably gonna get some money out of this for sure. Hopefully, she gets picked uh, up in a bigger market. She might be in yeah. LA next. Who knows? <laughs> you know, she might be an LA uh, weather girl. You know, yeah. And um, so, but that, but that's what we need. We need because in some ways, a white person putting themselves online is they will not feel the same ramifications as a black person right. online. And right now, that is what we need to happen. Exactly. Uh, we need our... This, that's what real allyship is. It's really... And yes, I know she took down the tweet out of the fact, but she still put it up. She still liked it. Um, and she still got fired for and it. And so she didn't play both sides. She she didn't play both sides. She did not. You know, which is what we need. We need more girls like that who don't, you know, try to equalize everything and make the right and the left equal and the, yeah. and the Nazis and the civil rights protesters equal. We don't need those type of girls anymore. We don't need no both sides. Girls, we don't need no. both sides girls. That yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, and she's fine. I you know I support Black Love, but he's daddy the house down. I'm not gonna lie. We yeah, him, definitely so. agree um, there. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, and then um, some bad news. Well, bad news. we had a rough week for justice in this country because you Ooh, know on, go with it. Michael Flynn, justice. who was National Security Advisor to Donald J. Trump at the beginning of his administration in 2017. Um, actually pled guilty to lying to the FBI, pled guilty twice, and yet the Justice Department under Attorney General William Barr or Bill Barr actually decided to, uh, to actually decided to drop all charges against him, even though he has dropped, even though he has pleaded guilty twice. Uh, Michael Flynn. I didn't even know that was a thing. You're like, you're guilty, but guess what? I got you. Don't even worry about it. And so it just, it's another slap in the face. The justice system works for those you know, empower those white men in power in particular. Um, meanwhile, we have all these black people incarcerated for much lesser things 
than lying to the FBI, which is an obvious crime of perjury. And so um, it just, yeah, it just, you know, this is actually so a first. This is actually a first because this actually has not happened in, re- in at least in our lifetime. So I, I need your help with it because in some ways this seemed to really shake you. But a part of me is like, this just feels like more of the same like i and i'm curious like how because i saw a lot of people also talking about like oh this is so egregious and i can't believe this is happening but i feel like with what happened to roger stone this was also like i'm trying to think i need some help figuring out like what is happening here why is it so different monumental from what is happening for roger stone or is it just all bad because with with roger stone for instance there hasn't been any charges dropped um and then on top of that why this is so bad is generally the department of justice and the attorney general is supposed to have some separation from politics and from the president and other administrations that has for the most part been the case um the president is not supposed to dictate who you know for his friends who are being charged with crimes whether they should be charged or not whether charges should be dropped or not and this is kind of this is such a blatant this is that first right where this hasn't i mean but he's he's a biz i mean he's about that deal he's about trading favors exactly he he was you know that's what happened with you ukraine that's what that's what started all it's like hey y'all want some help what you what you gonna do for me? me you got that you got that folio on biden you got that dossier on biden Uh And Michael Flynn actually never ratted Trump out. And I think that's part of the reason why this is happening versus Michael Cohen and Roger Stone may end up getting a pardon, too, at some point. But they 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 actually the attorney general kind of covered for Trump and and didn't make him use his pardon power because that could have been politically uh, inexpedient or, or bad for Trump to use that pardon power before the election. So the attorney general just intervened on his behalf and. Also, you know, and just drop the charges. And another reason, my theory, my conspiracy theory about why conspiracy conspiracy theory about why uh, this also happened in terms of dropping the charges rather than using the pardon power later is because if if Trump used the pardon power on Michael Flynn, then Michael Flynn loses his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination and he can be asked anything about what happened with. Um, with Russia and lobbying oh. Russia, including implicating Trump. So if Trump used the pardon power on him, once you're a pardon, you, you no longer have, have a Fifth Amendment right. Cause you, there is no self-incrimination. You can't be charged for those crimes. So you have to answer any question that you're asked. Um, and so this basically bought, gave Trump an out in using that pardon power. Well, that is, this is, that's something to watch. I, and I think, we're just seeing our institutions. We're seeing them crumble. 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 Like, I mean, yeah. look. I mean, the Supreme Court. Like looking at the Supreme. Like looking at how the Republican Supreme Court, the the Supreme Court um, judges who were Republican nominated, um, how they also are becoming more political, which is not the way it's always been. And I think that's. I mean, I you know we're again bring it back, bring it back, like yeah. That, but I think we that's, could definitely that is do something that we do need to talk about. It's like how. I'm not going to say the Democrats need to do the Republican playbook, but they just need to start realizing that that old playbook that they're playing by is not what the Republicans are playing by. And they need to, you know, start stepping it up. I do. I do want to add to something you just said, though. Yeah, I, I was talking with a friend about this who's a lawyer. And, for instance, the Republicans are appointing 37 year old unqualified uh, judges, federal judges who are going to be in those roles for 
40 years, right? Mm. So, you know, but, you know, even people who are not uh, American Bar Association qualify, the Republicans are just like, oh, the, the ABA is biased and, you know, oh and, and so the Democrats need to appoint 37-year-old judges too, you know, who are going to have 40 years. And how that tenures. trickles down is in a story we'll talk about later, but is how it affects, you know, when black people go in the criminal justice system, like in those instances. Are right. Or even things black. like voting rights or consumer mm. rights or because yes. those those federal cases really, you know, deal with a lot of broader political um, and civil rights issues on top of just, yeah. you know, on top of like criminal sentencing. Yeah, for sure. Oh, well, pick me up again, girl. Pick me up again. Yeah, so here's some other good news. Before we go to our last news. Some other good news um, is that a black man is the landlord for royalty. Okay, <laughs> you heard on. that right. A black man, uh, uh, an American black man descended from slaves is now the landlord for British royalty. Um, and so with in Los Angeles, Harry, uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, along with baby Archie, are living in Tyler Perry's Beverly Hills home valued at 18 million plus dollars in a gated compound um and yeah and so we don't know whether there's an arrangement whether they're living there for free or renting or but how you gonna be charging you can't charge harry and megan yes you can (laughs) why can't you tyler perry is a businessman yes he can and they got the money to pay they have the money to pay what if he's like megan how about this girl i got a little uh i got a little um, what if he's like, uh, Megan, how about this girl? I've got a little movie that I'm working on. Oh. How about you come in and be like, then he, come on, imagine the marketing possibilities. You know, our American, our, sorry, our British, I don't know, American, British, our black princess in a movie pro- written, produced, and directed by Tyler Perry. She's still going to want to be paid for her work. That girl, I, she, that girl's smart. (laughs) She got that, she got homeboy to move, to leave his family, to move to Canada, and then all of a sudden in LA, her hometown. So she's, she's, she's going to want to get paid still. Even to be in one of Tyler Perry's little movies, he's still going to have to pay up. Yeah. Even, even for that security. She sure does for that security. And they want to buy their own house. So. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. But that is some good news. It's just black excellence all around. A black princess, <laughs> a black landlord, a black movie mogul. You know, we're doing big things even in the Trump era, right? And even and even, it despite despite, despite the always, Trump era. We still, you know, we still do our best. Um And that brings us to Miss Malachi's bad news. Oh, god. Um which I know a lot of people uh, and this was such uh, partly why we had to do this all new because this stuff was moving so fast. Um, talks about this is about the murder of um, Ahmad Arbery, who was jogging. I can't, I can't. It was was at night. Was it at night? It didn't appear to be at night. Honestly, no, no, yeah, it wasn't at night. It was still daylight um, in the video. So he's jogging, uh, and was att- followed and attacked. Uh, announced he shot and killed by two men who I mean, you made the distinction that they were not well one was it was a, a man, white man and his and his son. and his son right one white man i believe he's 60, 64 his son 34 mm. so and i believe uh, the the father was uh former law enforcement former law enforcement so that was the point that i know a lot of people were making it was like it wasn't a police officer but in some ways I'm like he was still protected by the law like the fact that 
it was not until today, this Friday, as we're recording this, that they've been arrested that for and this happened in February. In February, uh, yes, in late February. So over two months they've been goddamn free, um, scot free for murdering a person in cold blood. And with video recorded, yes. which that part killed me was like, who recorded the video? Yes. Like, who was that? Yes. And that. Um, and so I'm wondering if it was, there was, uh, there was supposedly a third person or assailant involved who was also yeah. following Ahmad during his jog um, and harassing him. So, and that might be the person who recorded the video. We don't know just yet. Because you, you probably know, I mean... I'm I'm leave, before I go into it, like I'm probably leaving out some of these because honestly I I didn't watch the video, so I know I read parts of the story about the fact that he was jogging and they felt like you know he was on their property or they felt like he was up to no good. They saw someone running away and then thought they need to chase him or something like that. Um, you you watched the video, I watched so it probably... and I, in fact I watched it again right before we went to recording. So. Yeah. Uh, what what I'm reading the whiteness the whiteness defense the whiteness rationalization of why they shot okay. him, you know, is that um they had been having break-ins in the neighborhood. The suspect in those break-ins um they said was an African American male, and that he, of course, in quotations, fit the description. All that bullshit, mm. right? Imagine that. And then someone was saying they saw him looking into a house that was under construction, which, I mean, I know I have definitely kind of peered into, you know, looking to see new construction, looking to see what it's about and what they're building. I've done that shit. But I, we don't even know if he did that. That might have been a lie, too, you know. But he, either way, he was running, you know. It was a, it was definitely one of those country roads with no sidewalks. He was running. Um, He was running in the street, and um, and he comes up on a pickup truck... He comes up on a pickup truck and um he comes up on a pickup truck and the the sixty four year old is in the back of the pickup truck with a shotgun. Uh the thirty four year old is out in the middle of the street standing also with a shotgun, and then Ahmad tries to go to the right around them onto the grass and um and then the the younger one actually you know, starts to try to wrestle him while the father in the pickup truck shoots him from the pickup truck uh, mm. at least two to three times. Um, and you see him continue trying to run even after that, and then he collapses to the ground. So it is traumatic, and you're not the only one who couldn't watch it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know you You asked me why, uh, or you, you asked me not why, but you asked me if I was going to watch the video. Um, and I said, I don't need to watch it. Right. Um, I know what happened. An innocent man, an innocent black man got gunned down. Um, and I don't need to try to make sense of it because it doesn't make any sense. Um, and I don't need a reason to be angry because I'm already angry. I'm always angry. Um, <laughs> I'm always angry. Uh, and I just think that, you know, I, I've I've watched the videos. Like, I've seen, I watched the videos of, um, of Trayvon. I've watched the videos of... Um, God, now I'm getting emotional. I can't even do it. Uh, I've watched the videos in the past, and I think that it... I don't think that watching our Black trauma serves us. I think early on, I it was a validation of the things that 
our communities talked about and things that our parents told us and that we would tell the others that oftentimes our white friends, our family, our coworkers did not believe. They did not believe that we would get pulled over. They didn't. They did not understand why we were nervous to drive a really nice car through or drive through certain neighborhoods. They did not understand um, why we are always worried the police. And I think it has become abundantly clear. There's irrefutable proof um, of why that is. And I don't think continuing to show that trauma or for us to subject ourselves to that trauma uh, is helpful. Like I understand that in some ways because of, you know, Sean King, who was the one who originally posted this video, I don't know if he was originally, but he was the one who elevated this video to even a larger platform. You know, ultimately those men got arrested. Like this is two months later. And I think the fact that there was a video and then the outcry, these men got arrested. But is that, is that what we have to do every time? Do we literally have to, literally bleed in front of you and like die in front of you have you watched that and share that and share that trauma over and over again for something to happen but it's just not good enough for me yeah. there's also this feeling that i don't think that at least for me like like i said that how that video didn't really change me but i think the people who that video affected they already in some ways those people let's say those white allies they already know and for the people who don't see that i don't think it's going to change them i don't think it's going to change their minds i don't think it's going to change their hearts you know what i think changes hearts and minds are laws because you're not able to do it you're restricted um it's funny hillary clinton said that in 2016 to a group of black lives matter supporters who um came up to her that you you don't change hearts and minds you change laws and um yeah and that yeah that's so it's really interesting that you say that i think and i think the fact that like this keeps happening and of course we don't have any, we don't have, we can't look to the federal government for support this time. Like we are just trying to survive under the Trump regime. But the fact that this keeps, this happened in the Obama era, it's been happening before that. It's happening in the Trump era. I bet you if Biden makes it through, it'll happen, still happen under him. Like it's just not enough. I think there's more work that needs to be done on a systematic level to really change that. And I don't think sharing that video, um, even though it did have a true response to it because those people got arrested, but that doesn't mean they're going to go to jail doesn't mean that they're not still going to get off scot-free because he was re- the DA was reluctant to even arrest them, was reluctant to even be involved with them. Yeah, the DA wanted to call a grand jury because the DA said, recused him or herself because uh, I guess the 64-year-old shooter actually, you know, was a staff member of the DA's office at one time. So, wow. um, but of course, the 64-year-old shooter also, the murderer, he... Um, had a picture of him with the current governor of uh, Georgia, Brian mm. Kemp. Mm. This all took place in Georgia. And with the Trump hat on. So, you know, surprise, surprise. <sighs> uh, surprise, surprise. But um, um, one thing I would disagree, I would disagree in a couple areas with you. Yeah, I sure. think um, I it does. I, I need to see the videos most of the time just because it, you know, it reminds me of uh, the risk, you know, because sometimes I can get you know, very distance from it every now and then mentally mm. distance. I have to remind myself of, you know, what, um, what we deal with, um, mm. as a people, because I do live in a primarily black community. So I feel, um, and then the other piece of that too is that, um, I don't fault Sean King, even though I'm not a, a Sean King fan. 
um, politically in a lot of ways. Um, but I, and I, I know people say that he profits off of black trauma and posting these videos. A lot of black queer yeah. activists in particular don't feature Sean King at all. I think all black activists. Yeah. But, a lot of, yeah. yeah. All kinds of black activists. Well, also a lot of the, a lot of the Black Lives Matters uh, original, you know, leaders were all black queer, were black women, right. black queer women. So, right. And, and DeRay McKesson, a black queer man or a black gay man who's, a big part of the Black Lives Matter movement, who also has a lot of skepticism of Sean King, even with his fundraising and where does that money go and all these things. But I do, I still follow Sean King, even though I get annoyed with him as like this prolific Bernie bro. And he's always, you know, um, you know, shitting on Democratic presidential candidates until the very end, even up to the general election. I think he's part of like, you know, suppresses voter turnout for the Democrat in November. I worry he's going to do that again in 2020, Mm. but I still follow him because I, he's usually the first one with this information. And I just feel like I need to know what's going on nationally. Um, And so, yeah. So for that reason, I, I am someone who needs to watch. So I am like, yeah, I, I, I get where I you get come. That. I get where you come from, though. I do because yeah. Ahmad Arbery, I guess Van, formerly of TMZ, he tweeted um, Van Latham that he couldn't watch the video. Um, Ahmad Ahmad Arbery's mom also said she couldn't watch the video with very oh, good reason. Not, yeah. I'm so glad she didn't. I'm so glad she didn't yeah. watch the video. I hope she doesn't even have to watch it in trial either. You know. Yeah, and and I get where you're coming from. Like Sean King, I have mixed feelings on. We could talk more about it another time. But I think the idea of like reminding yourself of the risk is really true. Like and very fair. I have a habit. I like to run, and I have a habit of actually running late at night because it's really quiet. Oh. Um, but there are times that I do think about like this is. I don't know. This is the best idea, and that, and I'm gonna think more about that more so. Right. And I'm doing that without even seeing the video. But I understand the idea of like the risk aspect too. Or reminding yourselves of what what can really happen right um we are black gay men kind of more black queer but we're still black men right exactly we have and we deal with those experiences um in this country um and i think i you know normally we're going to do like thoughts and prayers toward the end of the show but um but i have to get my thoughts because it just connected to this out now uh because i had you know i I was going to be a bit facetious and you know joke about you know like has to have a moment for like blue lives matter and everything going on um when it was just a pro the white mostly white protesters who were going in on the police and for whatever reason they completely forgot of you know i thought you all care so much about law enforcement and the state you know blue lives matter versus black lives matter uh but i think you know with this happening and just seeing the different treatment that people are experiencing because of course you know we want to use our police officers we want to use law and order for everything whether that's to take care of mental illness or for like you know health concerns or state concerns as it relates to health so to see the different experiences of a white group of people in the park getting handed masks versus black and brown people getting manhandled and thrown to the ground in brooklyn and different places like it's just i can't deal with it like it's it's i can't stand it um and it's really you know, I continue to just see this hypocrisy and this joke that, like, you know, our lives, you know, let's talk about all lives matter and blue lives matter, all these things. Um, but then when we have this video, when we see these moments to understand, and this kind of also connects back to, like, what I was talking about with the 1619 Project, to understand how Black people are so fundamental to the country. But in some ways, I think, you know, there's an p- interview where Nicole, I think with CBS News, and I could link it in our show notes, where she talks about the fact that maybe if we start treating black people right if we start seeing black americans right 
um, and resolve the trauma and the, the, the hurt and the pain that we, and the tragedy that we've committed to them and try and make these things better, how much better our country would be. And she makes this point about like healthcare, how um, there wasn't a potential idea of like a national health system or healthcare system, but the worry was that black people would benefit from it. And even today, that's a concern is like, you know, Obamacare. It's like, oh, wait, is that going to help, you know, black women on welfare? Is that going to help? Uh, is that going to help black people? No, 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 I'm not into Obama. Obama no. phones. How they call the, the, the lifeline cell phones, they call them Obama phones. Same thing, you know? So honestly, I think that's true. Our country is not going to be better. It's not going to grow until we, you know, take care of this great flaw and this, you know, this great. On injustice that we've committed to, or not we, <laughs> was committed to our ancestors and continues to be committed today. So, well, that's all I gotta say about that. Well, I know. Do you have anything else to add? Girl? Yeah, I, no, I think that's, I think that's, you summed it up well. <laughs> I think that's all we have um, on our spirit for yeah. today, honey. Yeah, so um, I think we can, that can take us into our listener mail. Um, send us questions, comments, stories from quarantine to us at askthem, A-S-K-T-H-E-M, at twosavequeens.com. You can also leave us a comment or question by voicemail at 323-438-2827. That's right. We're going old school Wendy Williams up in here. Call <laughs> in. Call in. <laughs> old school Wendy. Old school. Uh, so let me check if we have any questions or anything. Oh. Oh my goodness. We do have, we have one, a question. Honey. Oh shoot. Yeah. It's from a Miss Malachi. Oh, okay. Okay. okay <laughs> Let girl. me read this. Miss Malachi asks, um, I've been seeing a trainer for a bit to get this body right for the summer I'll be spending inside. Uh, <laughs> and I recently caught up with my trainer and he went on to tell me how he thinks Corona is a hoax and overreacting. Should I get a new trainer? Do you have an answer Ooh. for Ms. Malachi? Ms. You know, if she's black, you can, you know, give her a little bit of, uh, give her a little bit of uh, leeway. If she's white, yeah, drop let me go, her. Let me go check the email. Drop let her. me go check the email. Oh, he is, he is black. He is oh, black. Okay, 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 okay. Um, you know, we got to support, support black people. Yeah, yeah. Any other person of color, mm, that's, that's, you know, that's up to you. Uh, black girl, give her a little bit of leeway, you know, give her a few sessions to, <laughs> to get her mind right. And if she keeps going with all the, the hoax stuff and the conspiracy stuff, then you got to drop her. Um, yeah. yeah. And at the end of the day, I think um, this writer, if she was still work out with her trainer, she would still p- keep that six feet. So um, she's still not playing those games um, either way. Yeah, it's so funny because I was I was thinking about you know doing some virtual training with the with the trainer, but and it's funny because I actually know a um, not a trainer but a uh, physical therapist who is mm. the same who's you know trying to downplay the virus, even though I know people literally who've died from it, um, or many who've been sickened from it, and just consistently tries to downplay it. And this is this is um, wow. white fish. This is a white female, and so. <laughs> You know, she gets no grace from me, but, um, but yeah, it's interesting because I just, you know, she actually has gone out of her way to try to downplay it. Oh, well, the girls, you know, they were sick anyway. She says things like oh. that. And I know someone who died from it who's 31 years old. So, um, Oof. you know, I know a 43 year old who died, a very prominent Detroiter. So, 
Um, you know, it's not just people who are overly sick or old or overly ill. These are these are yeah. everyday people, particularly everyday black people. So I don't want to hear none of that shit, especially yeah. from no white chick. I really don't want to hear it. And that's why I said <laughs> I'm not giving grace to no white bitch sitting up here talking about it's not real or it's a hoax. Bitch, you could take that shit somewhere else to somebody else. Okay. Oh, goodness. Well, uh, thank you, Miss Malachi, for writing in. I think you answered her her question wonderfully miss Devereaux. <laughs> again you can send um any questions and more to ask them at twosayqueens.com or leave us a message at 323-438-2827 uh, so now officially actually it's the time for our thoughts and prayers um, i still had a prayer for this week but i thought i would check in uh with you sis to see if you had anything on on your mind anything you want to say oh you know i just i just got a lot off my chest so i'm gonna let you take over okay. for thoughts okay. and prayers for this she, for she's this still week. got she's still going she's still going yeah. this is her week yes. she's trying to save these girls yes. uh so my prayer um because i did my thought earlier um there was it's been so much news there's just an article about djt um um, going against the CDC recommendations to reopen the economy. Um, Republican and conservative um, whites are talking about how they are okay with grandma dying, or pretty much everyone, pretty much anyone but themselves, dying to reopen the economy so they can fix their roots and continue to make money and not have to be at home with their soulless children. So my prayers go out to the people who are being encouraged to die for capitalism and our economy. Uh, the people who are going to put their lives on the front line, who have currently been, you know, nurses and doctors and, you know, grocery store workers. But now it's really anyone who's going to still have to go to work, who won't, you know, have, you know, won't have, won't be able to stay at home, but needs to go out and make money or risk losing their job. Um, there's these rich and wealthy mouse people, they're reminding us of how, um, you know, the world is so risky, but ultimately it's the workers who are still having a strike. There was a strike that happened on May 1st um, for the workers of Amazon and Whole Foods and a lot of the big grocery store chains um, and gig economy companies. Uh, but people are still being forced to work. And yes, the cases are going down or they're flattening out, but we are still in a pandemic and it doesn't take that long for those cases to rise again, knowing how quickly, you know, Miss Corona can jump from person to person. Um, and I've also just been seeing this news about nurses who have saved, you know, countless lives and put their lives online who are not just being laid off. Um, so seems like the only people we really care about are the corporations, <laughs> even as people are literally dying. So who is supposed to work at these, um, corporate entities that we um, give all this attention to uh, and I just want to like you know have a moment to really keep them in our thoughts and pra- our true thoughts and prayers um, that you know things are going to be rough I think continuing forward like I don't think um, even as we come out the other side of the virus that things are just going to snap back to normal so yeah there'll definitely be really some just- transition for sure so, some yeah. big transitions and you know just kind of you know the cases are going down in primarily in New York for the rest of the country they're really rising I mean mm. um, outside of a few of these enclaves like Detroit, New York, New Orleans uh, where their cases might be flattening out but the rest of the country is seeing an increase in cases mm. even California and especially some of the states that are reopening like Georgia and Texas so you know yeah. we are definitely not out of the woods yet I don't even know that we're at the top of, of the curve yet so wow. just wanted to throw that out there because the cases are going Thank down you, maybe in aggregate just because the New York cases are going down. 
But right, because there are just so many there. Right, exactly. Half oh. the cases in the country, really, or half the deaths in the country, too. So, <sighs> well, I think we we did it today. We had we had to you know give y'all something. Um, with everything that's going on this week. Um, I think that's going to be our show. Thank you, as always, for spending a little time with us. I think this was a hard week for us all. For everyone. Um, we hope y'all are staying healthy and saved in these quarantine times. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at at Two Saved Queens. And you can start drama with us on Twitter at Two Saved Queens. <laughs> and we're now officially on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. So go on over there and rate us. It'll help us come for those establishment political podcast girls. I want to see our beautiful podcast art and black voices right up at the top. And depending on what you write, we might just read it on the show. Even if it's awful. <laughs> Please make sure to um, like, share, subscribe, tell all your friends, your frenemies, girl, even your enemies, you know, your trash friends need saving too. Yeah. Um, even that bitch you don't like, note. even that bitch you don't like, tell her, <laughs> tell that hoe, tell that hoe. Oh, tell yes. her. <laughs> On that though, Ms. Devereaux, you have anything to take us out with? You know, I just, like I said, I want everyone to stay safe, you know, keep using your mask, keep using your hand sanitizer, washing those hands. And, of course, using, you know, those condoms and that prep, too. You know, just in case for those girls doing some stuff on the side, you got to stay safe in that, those, that those way, girls too, you know. Still throwing parties. Exactly. Still throwing parties. So, <laughs> you know, don't play around in any way whatsoever. Don't play around. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. See you next week.